Welcome to the African Season Speakers Network flagship program, the Power Impact Series. Hey, were you here last week? Last week was wonderful with the lady be blessed. Ah, 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 that lady, it's something else. Uh, you could just feel it in her voice and with her presentation. This week, I'm coming your way with a very young, dynamic, tenacious gentleman that I call him H. Because I coined it out of his name. And that he is in our studios this evening, this afternoon, this morning to share with us some nuggets or some wisdom about public speaking. Hey, do you always feel that public speaking is only uh, limited to those that do public speaking or those who stand in front of people and speak? Have you ever thought of going for an interview? What do you do when you go for an interview? Well, this evening or this morning, this afternoon, <laughs> he's here to take us through all the processes, the steps, and how to overcome that fear that you have and that nervousness that you have when you are speaking in public. So joining us on our studio or in our studio for the Power Impact Series is no other person than mm, this man I call Evans Edu Jemfi. Hello, Mr. Edu Jemfi. How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you very much, my brother. It's good to see you again. Ah, I am ah, doing ah, very well. Very relaxed and poised for today's delivery. Wow, wow. He is relaxed and poised for today's delivery. Well, so, um, Mr. Dujemfi is currently speaking from Ghana, West Africa. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and give you a little bit about Mr. Dujemfi. So, he is a communication uh, practitioner with keen interest in corporate brand strategy and social research currently he is the brand strategist for uh octane dc limited an investment and fund management firm regulated by the ghana's securities and exchange commission you know mr idujenfi uh since march 2011 has been a master or a member of postmasters international with a single aim to speak and lead well. The U.S. Embassy Ghana Gladiators Toastmasters is his current home club. As part of his public speaking engagement, Evans has been the guest on some of Ghana's major electronic media platforms and a resource person to uh, many other institutions, such as the Ghana National Road Safety Authority, the Ghana Institute of Journalism, Methodist University College, Ghana University of Mines and Technology, Youth Development or Leadership Parliament, Hub Ghana, Hub Group Ghana, and Green Africa Youth Organization. He does a lot of emceeing for events as well. And uh, he is a facilitator. He is a founder or co-founder for Speak Well Institute, which is an organization that runs a lot of master classes for uh, public speaking. So in the house or in our studio today is an embodiment of public speaking. <laughs> Mr. Dujemfi, is that right? <laughs> that's a very interesting perspective, but perhaps that's why we are here to have this conversation to bring yeah. to the hearers and viewers that public speaking is a journey. It's not an yeah. event. Right. We have to right. start from somewhere and end. I do not even know if we end, but you definitely would have to start from somewhere and progress towards a particular destination. So, yes. Right. So, yeah. Forever a student of the subject. <laughs> right. That's okay. That's okay. So, um, aside the aside the profile I read, is there anything that is missing from Mr. Edujefi? Well, one's life can always be said to be in different intricate parts, and for me, if I had my own way, perhaps I wouldn't have been if you like, being introduced this way. Age is enough for me. But as we move, I believe that 
we can make meaning out of circumstances. That's very significant for me. And uh, my dear wife will always say that meaning is in people. So I would rather want to speak for people to make the meaning out of. It's not so much what I say I am, but what I do and people hear me say should be enough to tell them who this man is. Just like in the scriptures, Christ will ask, who do men say I am? And depending on how you see him, you give your interpretation. So that has (laughs) been my working philosophy. Right, right. So he's already started his presentation, you know. Yeah, just get ready. Get everything ready and let's get moving this uh, evening or this afternoon, this morning. So thanks to the African Season Speakers Network, we bring to you another powerful and prolific speaker this evening. So Mr. Edujenfi, I get a lot of people asking this question that uh, um, why should I go in for public speaking um, classes, or why should I go for public speaking tutorials? Why should I go for public speaking uh, guide? Because I, I am not a, a public figure. I, I, I don't normally uh, host events. I don't normally stand in front of people to speak. So why should I pay particular attention to my public speaking skills? That's a legitimate question for everyone to ask, especially when you are dealing with the fear of public speaking. It's very legitimate. But before I respond to your question, let me say that I'm mindful of the fact that I'm speaking to an international audience. Some may struggle with the pronunciation of my surname, and because of my love for them, I would humbly suggest you refer to me as Evans or age for their benefit. The Edujian fee can be a bit of a challenge for them to pronounce. I should tell you that I am mindful of my audience. And if you want to go into public speaking, you should be able to know who you are talking to, how they are going to receive your message, and so on and so forth. Now to your substantive question or subject matter. Okay, uh, we're just uh, viewers. Um, uh, we're just having a little bit of challenge with Mr. Evans and his network. But don't worry, he's going to join us shortly, and then are we, we're going to get him back on. Yeah, so uh, Mr. Evans and can you hear me? Are you online again? I, I'm, li- I'm online, and that's technology right. for you. A very yes. good servant, but sometimes can prove to be a very interesting <laughs> master. Right. So the so, point I was making was you would want to bear in mind that public speaking at the barest minimum, and everywhere I've had the opportunity to speak on the subject, is defined, in my humble opinion, as one person speaking to another person in the hearing of another person. Let me break it down. Right. As we are online right now, we are engaged in public speaking because I, Evans, I'm speaking to you, Ambassador Benjamin Lewis So one person, Evans, is speaking to another person, Benjamin, and the speaking is being done in the hearing of another person or another group of persons. So that makes it public speaking. And in your introduction, you did mention that interviews and so on, do they qualify as public speaking? Per this definition, it is. Okay. Therefore, anytime you have the opportunity to stand before one person speaking, and you clearly can tell that your conversation is being legitimately, let me qualify that, legitimately being heard by a third party, you should be mindful of the fact that you are engaged in public speaking of a sort. So if your boss was invited, your boss invited you to his office and asked you a question where you had a colleague there, you should know that that is public speaking taking place. So the principles that govern you speaking in front of thousands of people in an auditorium, for example, those same principles should apply. 
So, and those are some of the things we are going to look at. And that's why the theme today is very, very apt in the sense that whether you are speaking in person or you are doing so virtually like we are doing now, the principles and the concept that undergets the subject of public speaking must apply in both circumstances. Of course, I must admit that they have their own unique benefits and, if you like, disadvantages over each other, like it just happened, network and fail and so on. But then the understanding and what it means has their unique places. So that is what I would say in response to your question that should somebody be concerned about taking up a call if you do not appreciate the intricacies of public speaking you are likely to ask that kind of question but the moment you delve into it and you see the benefit that the training brings and let me make it clear you are not taking up the program because you are not eloquent enough. And a number of times people have attributed public speaking to eloquence or vice versa. It's neither here nor there, except that if you are eloquent, you seem to have some advantage over those who lack vocabulary, so to put it. But then with the understanding from some of the training we gave, you are likely to appreciate how and why you need to develop a wider and, if you like, a larger stock of vocabulary to be able to communicate right. your ideas and thoughts and so on. So that would be my response to that initial thought. In principle, right. speaking, it's one person speaking to another person in the hearing of another person. So just having... Uh three people in a room and you speaking or you doing any presentation it's qualified or it qualifies to be in the bracket of public speaking not just having a larger Correct. number and you only standing and then speaking is qualified as that okay so if Correct. uh having just three people in a room and then you delivering your message is uh, can be qualified as public speaking, then why should someone be nervous or why should someone be uh, intimidated or afraid because it's just the three of us compared to me standing in front of uh, a large audience? Why should one feel that way when it is qualified as public speaking and it's just the same basis I know? <laughs> ben, it's interesting you are bringing this up and because the framework, the definition I gave you or I propose for yeah. me should be considered as a framework to guide any public speaker. Right. So what that means is irrespective of your, the size of your audience, that might intimidate you. I think that's where the challenge is. I'm standing before 1,000 people. Then they yeah. begin to get frightened and the stage fright and the butterflies and all of those things. Once you have this concept, your idea is you are having a conversation with one person in the audience and all the others who are listening to you, you consider them as one person who is listening to that conversation you are having with your target audience. So you, do you get the point I'm making? It makes right. it easier. Right. I, I just feel, as I am doing now, I know I'm having a conversation with my brother Benjamin and others are privileged to have a peek into what we are talking about. So I'm relaxed because I'm talking to only Ben. But the moment my attention shifts from talking to you to the number of people who may be listening to me right now, then I'm beginning to imagine other things that need not be because my attention has shifted from you being the listener of what I'm saying to how others are perceiving what, and then you begin to get frightened. So I say to my client that when you have any public speaking engagement, your major responsibility is to identify, if you like, imagine, imagine one person in the audience whom you are having a conversation with and other people listening. And this principle works for those who work in the, in the radio industry. And right. you may know, I have had the privilege 
of learning public speaking at the feet of one of the finest, Africa's finest broadcasters and communicators who have emerged from Ghana. His name is Joe Latte. And yeah. Mr. Latte will tell you any, most of the time that he did good commentaries or he was on top of his role, he went into the studio with a photograph. And the idea was, I'm in the studio, but there's somebody out there I'm having a conversation with. And that image in the studio propels him to proceed right. or to go ahead as though he's having a conversation with someone. And all those millions of listeners who will be tuning in would just be having a privileged conversation. I mean, having access to that privileged conversation he's having with that person in the studio. So that is the framework that works for all. You should not be intimidated by the size. Your role or your objective should be looking into the audience, whether virtual or physical, and aiming at one person, listening to that conversation you are having with just one person. Once you simplify it this way, you, you practice and your mind embraces the concept. It becomes very easy. I told you before I started this conversation, I was so relaxed because I knew I was going to have a conversation with Benjamin, except that this right. time I, am not, um, I do not know how many people, but quite a number of people were going to enjoy this wonderful conversation I'm here to have with Benjamin. And that's how it is. It makes life very easy. So it's 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 a mindset thing. You need yes. to create yes, hundred percent mindset. Yeah. Yes, right. So it means you are creating your audience in your mind. You you kind of having a figure or an audience in your mind, especially when you're doing a virtual um, event as we have in now, or even when it is an That's in person, right. or even when it's an in person. Right. Yeah, you don't really know the bad. Yes, so. The next question that I want to ask is, uh, do, do you consider your audience kind of uh, their, you, you say maybe you're going to speak to uh, investors, they are all from the financial kind of background, that is maybe one sector you are going to speak to. As the public speaker, do you consider their backgrounds to enable you to do your speaking or you just go as you've prepared and then you go and deliver whatever you need to deliver. We call it audience awareness, being aware of the kind of audience you're going to speak to. Okay. And you cannot be effective in your delivery or as a speaker when you do not make time to prepare who your audience will be. Okay. Because... Primarily, public speaking is communication. And as we all may have a fair idea, in communication of any form, there must be, if you like, a giver and a receiver through a medium. So the audience is your, the ones going to receive what you are going to give. So you must care enough to know them. What are their concerns? What are their peculiarities? In your audience awareness, some also call it audience analysis. You want to find out what is the age group? Okay. What is even the gender composition? Right. What is what are some of their professional interests? And to use the example you cited, how can you go to do a public speaking engagement to people who are all finance professionals. And all the examples, there is some disconnection right there. You are not helping them assimilate and appreciate the presentation you are making. But if you had done a little research, and done a little assessment of your audience, you would have found out that these are folks who better understand anything presented in figures okay. because they are finance people and they appreciate whatever is being presented in terms of financial statement and so on. Right. So that is very critical. Right. And I'll come back to what I did earlier right here on this call. Right. Immediately, I realized you were repeating my surname. I drew right. attention to the fact that my audience may struggle to pronounce my surname, much as I love it, much as I appreciate right. it. 
But in right. such public speaking engagement, the appreciation right. from the audience must be prioritized over what I love and what I like. It should rather sure. be what they need so they can understand what right. is being said. So you need to have right. that kind of background checks ahead of any public right. speaking engagement. So for example, to prepare for this, I went back to, right. to read about the network, to even listen right. to some of the previous episodes to understand right. the line of questions and the people who right. have been following and engaging so that sure. I'll be able to make a meaningful contribution and have a meaningful conversation with you. Because it is for their benefit, it's for the benefit of the audience, no matter how much or how well I know my subject. If I speak and the people listening, the audience do not get it, then I am not doing them any good. Any good. It is not yeah. about me. Right. Right. Any right. particular public speaking engagement must be prioritized. Like we say right. in marketing, the customer is the king. And in public right. speaking, I would say yeah. the audience <laughs> is for us the queen. <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. So so now you need to, you've just broken it down to the simplest form. Know your audience. So now, after knowing your audience, yes. is, 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 is it that, so what of um, having that audience that you might not know them all? So you've been invited to speak at a, at a conference. Now, you don't really know the composition of the audience. There is, it's a mixture of people coming in age ranges not the same we have children we have the young or uh, youth you have adults coming in and you have the very old aged people coming on board as a public speaker when you have this composition of audience what do you do this is not directed or specific kind of audience that you are mindful of your language, of your examples, but this is a variation of people all coming to sit at your feet to listen to you. What do you do? What goes into the preparation? Ben, it's interesting if I heard you clearly, it's interesting how you make mention of the fact that you do not know your audience, but you end up giving me a very uh, reliable and workable breakdown of who could be in my audience. But yeah. the point I want to make is the fact that you do not know the statistics is yeah. in itself a guide. Okay. Because, because what is important and crucial is you should be mindful. You should be right. mindful of the audience you are going to speak to. So if right. you've tried your best, you've reached out to the organizers, as you said, once you are invited to a conference, there will be some key people behind the conference, right. those who will send the invite. So you are, you are the ones you have to engage. Okay. Definitely, they would... They would Further extend invitation if it's a group of professionals or student body or market women association or any form of uh, group that will be inviting you. They will have some fair idea of who will be there in the conference. So you right. you are the ones you have to engage to okay. solicit this kind of data from. But in the worst case. You are not able to even get that kind of data, or you you requested but it didn't come in good time. What you have to do as a public speaker is do not forget the audience. That's the point okay. I'm making. Okay. Do not sit behind your laptop. You've been invited to talk about how to fly to the the moon. You are an astronaut or somebody. <laughs> on is your slides and the details of your presentation. You've done a beautiful job with you. But you never pause to find out whom am I going to deliver this beautiful presentation to. So the point I'm making is never start any presentation ignorant of your audience. Okay. Because they are the recipient 
of whatever you are going to deliver. Right. In fact, they are the starting point of your presentation. Once right. you know them, or you do not know them, so if you know them, the better. If you do not know them, <laughs> the easier. In the sense okay. that now you have to find a way to speak to the people groups that will be listening to you. Well, I am not too sure, but I have a subject that touches on the age group 60 plus. So once you are not sure, it helps you in your And then again, when you start the delivery, because you are mindful of that, you can cite examples that can relate or that other people in other age groups can relate with. So what right. is critical here is as a public speaker, you are not ignorant of the fact that whatever you are going to speak about ought to be received by some people called the audience. I think that right. is the critical one. Once you sure. get it right, you will be willing to put in a bit more effort and do the work to know more about audience so you can you can speak to suit their context. That is the point I'm trying to put across. Right. So, perfect. This is part of uh, your preparation towards your speaking or towards your delivery. So that you have the audience, you, you have the audience in mind. Now you've done your research about the audience that you're going to have. Either you're speaking to the organizers or you find out in a way. So now, to the topic of delivery. Let's say you've been given uh, a topic to present on. You just give uh, a brilliant point. You've presented it in a way that you will love, not considering your audience. What if the person has done that beautiful presentation? Now, the person gets to the venue and then realizes that what I'm presenting the feedback I'm getting from the audience seems or indicate that it isn't going that well with them. What do you do as a public speaker? What do you do at that moment? It's even more critical, especially in the virtual space. Right. Right. When, for instance, you'll be speaking to your your image, you do not see how the reaction of the audience is. <laughs> that can be quite detrimental. Right. And that's why I like this particular topic because, as I mentioned earlier, there is some uniqueness with each format of presentation, be it in-person or virtual. And yeah. being mindful of this, what you do as a way of feedback, for example, on a virtual meeting or a virtual call where you have active participants. In our context, we have inactive participants because you are the only one I can engage with. All those right. who are listening or doing <laughs> are inactive. They can't give me immediate feedback. If I want to do that, right. I have to go to my Facebook feed and so on. But the point right. is, Feedback, we say in public speaking or in Toastmasters, is the, the breakfast of champions. It is on okay. feedback that we grow. It is right. we feed on feedback to develop. Therefore, as a public speaker, you should be sensitive enough to pick cues from okay. your audience as and when you deliver. Okay. You'll be speaking for only five minutes or ten right. minutes let me be kind, 10 minutes and you find that people are dozing off. Something should tell you that you are being dull and you need to ginger up the audience so they can receive well what you want to deliver. Perhaps the, the, the meat of the matter you want to say is when you get to the 20th minute, but they slept off at the 10th minute. So how, how are they going to get what you say? What you, you say, so, yeah. You're so glued to what you are saying, delivering that, you ignore them. You are not picking okay. the feedback. So you will end up delivering something fantastic, but poorly appreciated and appreciated. I mean, accepted. So you need to be the one 
to be in charge. And that's one thing we need to make clear. The moment you stand before any group of people, or the moment you go into a studio, or the moment you go into any space where you are given attention to deliver like I am doing now, you must understand that some form of command, like the army people do, has been handed over to you. And you must utilize that command in the sense that you grab the attention of the audience and you sustain the attention by giving them value for their time. It's very important. Right. If you cannot help them to stay awake, alive, and follow you through, then that command ought to be taken back from you. So anytime we are given the opportunity to speak as public speakers and to engage in public speaking one form or the other, whether in church, in the office, in the mosque, wherever we find ourselves, we should understand that the moment you get up to speak and people pay attention, they give you that rapt attention, you don't have to take it for granted. And not taking it for granted includes listening through their body. Okay. Seeing them and how they are responding to what you are saying and reacting accordingly or responding accordingly. As I'm speaking to you, I can see you nod from time to time and then you give me that look on your face telling me that I'm saying something sensible. If I weren't, perhaps I would immediately start thinking of what else can I say to make sure that Benjamin is finding value for this time on this call. So that's right. how it is. You have to make sure that you do not ignore the audience before the delivery, during the delivery, and even sometimes after the delivery. Find out from right. them how did it go, how well did I fare, and so and so forth, so that you can always improve. That's why I said from the beginning. There's a starting point, but right. I do not know that there is a destination surprise learning of business content. For me, right. I have been dedicated to learning the subject for a little over 10 years now through right. Toastmasters, but I've never oh. been, yes, in March 2011, I officially registered to be a member of Toastmasters International, and I've been with them ever since, and every day we not every day as every day of the year, but every time we are going for meetings and we're doing the same. It's sometimes a bit monotonous. It's a routine, but it is in that repetition that we keep sharpening our skills, we keep improving, and we keep growing. Right. One of them is always paying attention to what the audience saying or telling you through their body language. Right. And that's another subject for discussion. Body language. <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was about diving in there, but hey, let me leave the man to take us through. He started the journey. Let's follow him through the journey. Yet, yeah, so now picking picking the cues or picking the reactions from the audience. Beautiful yes. point. Now, when you pick some reactions from the audience, does it one changes your course of presentation or it changes the uh, subject that you are presenting both are correct and appropriate it can change your course and in some instances it may change the subject entirely mind you okay. the point is you are speaking to the benefit of the audience and if it so demands that the contest, the particular contest you find yourself in, calls for a change of subject, you should. You should respond okay. accordingly. Okay. You are trying to cite an example on football to make a case. You realize that the guy just lost a match, and the team you are citing as an example is your favorite team. Immediately, you are getting the cue that, Hey, what do you there. do? You change the subject. You change it. Right. Or if you want right. to, if you want to present it the way that will make it come across as appreciable, then you should be mindful of how it is presented. Okay. Now it's fun filled. It's as if you are trolling or you are mocking, but in a very light way. 
Or you could even throw in some form of motivation by saying, hey, you lost the match, but what? Can you give me the name of your favorite team, a player in the team? And if you did, I'll give you a copy of a book, something. Right. So all of a sudden, it's the same subject that you wouldn't want to talk about easily because of the context you find yourself in. But you change it. You present it in a way that will be, mind you, appreciated by those who are listening to you. So you need to be in charge. I think that's the word. You need to be in charge. And you need to be sensitive. And in some instances, you need to be innovative to be able to adapt. Adaptability is key in public speaking. Or else... If you are as rigid as a tree who doesn't want to be mindful by the wind that is blowing, then what do you do? You break off. You speak, but you go and you never be invited back to speak because you thought you knew what you knew. Yes, you knew what you knew and you delivered what you knew, but you never considered the audience to understand and also know what you know. Very important. Wow. Wow. So, viewers. Thank you for joining us on the African Season Speakers Network flagship program, The Power Impact Series. And today we are in the studio with Mr. Evans Edujenfi, Shortcut H. <laughs> and he's taking us through a journey of learning and knowing how to speak well publicly, speaking well in person or virtually. And since he started his presentation, man, <laughs> it makes each and everyone know that learning has got no limit because whatever he is sharing with us seems and looks so fresh and looks so new because he has been in Toastmasters for the past 10 and some months. Yes. <laughs> He's been in it for almost like, okay, so let's let's cap it up as 11 years. 11, yes. Last right. minus. Let's cap it up 11 years. Right. So being in Toastmasters and then uh, learning all these things is what he's sharing with us. Paying particular attention to your audience. Taking the bits and pieces that they throw at you as you present it. He said, it's can sway you off a bit per your examples or per your narrations you're giving but you need to take charge you need to be in control mr Vasadujenfi, how do you take charge how do you take control of something let's say preparation right preparation does that preparation 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 yes so now a question that came in earlier before before the whole show started was, ah, how do I prepare? How do I practice it? Now, some, are, they were giving a, a lot of examples. Some were saying they stand in front of <laughs> of mirrors. Others, they, uh, they find you themselves in, a, in an open space uh, that they will be speaking to themselves. The preparation part, how is the preparation then? Or how should the preparation then, based on your experience, in public speaking. I'm very familiar with all of those examples that people really <laughs> you've done them all before. <laughs> I'm very familiar with all of them and even more. Wow. <laughs> but the point the point about preparation is this people forget the fact that just like any other field of study which requires one form of examination or the other. Right. You, you do not prepare when you have an immediate task at hand. Right. 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 You do not prepare when you have an immediate task. So, Mr. DJMV, Mr. Evans, DJMV will just join us again and then let us know how the preparation is being done. He says he's, he's, he's actually done. <laughs> he's done more of those that we're even talking about. I, I, I'm willing and ready to share some of his examples <laughs> of what he's been doing or what he's done in the past. Yeah, Mr. Ivan Sadiri, yes, you were talking about uh, yes, sir. the preparation not being just the immediate assignment or task that you have. I was saying that all of those can be grouped into one. 
one basket, and I'll call that immediate preparation. Immediate preparation. And people forget the fact, the fact of the matter that when it comes to preparation, it is not you have a presentation to make next week, so you start preparing now. That is what we we'll call immediate preparation. <laughs> so going to stand in front of the okay. mirror, going to rehearse in front of your family, all of those, as I said, I've done them and even more. I'll share a few with you as you go along. But I want to right, make a very right. important point. We have right. remote preparation and we have immediate preparation. So the fact that I have not been invited to speak on public speaking, for example, in your case today, does not mean that I should not start thinking about public speaking or picking cues and lessons as I did my presentations in previous years. The truth of the matter is, and I'm being very frank with you and with my audience, I never sat down to write a script for today's presentation. You know why? I had done the preparation some years ago. Okay. What I rather did to prepare me for this right. was to find out from you yesterday how are we going to do the presentation? What is the modality? By what time should I be ready for the presentation? Right. Why? Because as we speak, I have mastery over the content. Right. So once you master the content, there is some form of confidence that emerges out of that. So your preparation moves from getting mastery over your content to mastering the process and the methodology of delivery. Assuming wow. I am not familiar to StreamYard, assuming yeah. it's a Zoom call, but I do not have a Zoom app on my phone or my laptop, right. then I'm not prepared enough right. with respect to the methodology so it doesn't matter how well I know my stuff because ill-prepared with respect to the methodology, I've knocked myself out of the opportunity. Right. So most of the right. time, right. our focus and our attention is on mastering or preparing for the subject matter and ignoring the delivery, the methodology for delivery. So you've been invited right. to be the keynote speaker for a graduation class or you are the commencement speaker or you are the uh, conference keynote, something of that sort. And all you are yep. focusing on is the script, which is good, okay. but you forgot to factor in from my office or the house to the venue. How long would it take? Right. What attire should I wear? Right. Is there a presentation to speak without the microphone, depending on the size of the audience, all of those elements, you ignore them. Okay. So you go in there and you have a powerful script, but you are half prepared because okay. the script in itself will not make your delivery that effective. So that's why I said right. the preparation can be in many forms. Okay. With respect to scripts, we have immediate preparation and remote preparation. So when I, when I talk about remote preparation, the experience you've had in years past, all of those, you bring them to bear in one presentation. So when I said I didn't prepare for today, it doesn't mean I've not prepared. In terms of <laughs> I had, but I had to master delivery. How am I going to make... In fact, the choice of the wear was part of my preparation. If right. you can watch closely, you will see I have a, a Toastmasters triple crown here. Right. And it's all part right. of my preparation. I want you to right. see me and understand that this guy came prepared for me. Right. So if you right. have a virtual call and the call is starting at 7, don't wait right. 6 30 or sorry, 6.50, 10 minutes to the time, then you are yeah, going to log on. What if your right. network is not working? Messed what up. if your laptop is faulty? 
<laughs> you are just ill-prepared. And who knows, it could be the only opportunity for you to speak and have a breakthrough. Right. Who knows, mine could be today. I don't know yet. But <laughs> that's the point. Come prepared, not just with the content, but also everything that comes with it. And this applies both to the virtual space and to the in-person. If it's in-person, if you are driving, if you think it will be impossible to go by some motorized train, would it be would it make sense to go lodge in a hotel close by the valley so that you don't have to worry about driving through all of those elements you have to factor it in to make sure you're an effective speaker what i've done you did mention as an mc what i've done mc have made it a principle a rule i never get to the venue for the event minimum i mean less than one hour right once i accept to be the mc you'll be there two o'clock by one o'clock i should be there right the reason being that sometimes i can go there and do some work okay the risk which, which, and that which is all part which is all part of yes, the preparation, part of right? the preparation yes Okay. I I factor it in. So get to the venue one hour ahead of time and sometimes right. do some work from there. What okay. that means is I've taken off that burden of coming in late. And can you right. imagine as the MC, you rush to the venue, you are sweating and all of that. No, you are going to control right. the whole show. You are the master. So if the master is struggling, then what would the apprentice do? <laughs> Wow. If the master is struggling, what would the apprentice do? So the catchphrase for today's presentation has just dropped. And as you can see from the comment session, the catchphrase for today's presentation is come prepared. Come prepared. And I love the preparation part because, you see, most of the times people focus exactly on what you just said, the script, forgetting about all that you've mentioned, all the others. The room size, the stage, how the place is, how you're going to get to the place. And then I think uh, his, his one hour before the program starts is very, very fantastic and key. Because imagine, you don't really know how even the room you're going to do your presentation looks like. And then you get there thinking it's going to be a very large auditorium so you're going to use the microphone then you get there and it's just a small conference room that you need to now use your natural voice that voice. you've not even <laughs> you've not even thought of you've not even prepared to do and that might be the only opportunity as he said that you have to present what you have for people to buy into it so the preparation goes way way beyond your script wow Thank you and so now much, Mr. Now I will share else. with you some of the practical things I did to prepare myself. Uh, one of the things you didn't mention, and I'm glad you didn't, because sometimes if you put a lot of pressure on me when I have to start delivering, and people say, do you get nervous? Yes, nervousness. <laughs> Maybe I should speak to that, right? Right, right. No, you. It, it's part you of the question. It's yes. part of it because if, uh, I wanted you to give me... I wanted you to give us just some of the, the, the past experiences that you had, how you prepared. You, you just gave about two that uh, you used your, uh, your family to do that. Then straight after that, you just zoom in into the nervousness, and then we just pick it from that side. The <laughs> point is, if nervousness is out of a speaker's life, the person should be doomed because really? you, need, you need the nerves it is your okay. your 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 propelling agent. That's how I put it. Wow, wow. And all big speakers coming. Even Barack Obama once publicly <laughs> acknowledged, and I agree. I can attest to that because when you get to the point where you are nest free, then it is at the point of complacency. Right. And it is right. a very dangerous point every public speaker would want to be in. Right. When you think you can do it without being afraid, 
So when I said I didn't prepare before coming, it doesn't mean I wasn't worried about what to say. I was concerned, but I knew right. that after five minutes, I'll have my breakthrough point. Right. So when we started right. and you asked me those questions, my initial response was giving the definition of public speaking as abused over the years. By the time I was done with that confidence level, but prior to that, I wasn't too certain how the conversation was going to go. And that is important because if you do not have the nerves running, then you are likely to take your audience for granted. Right. Because you are not going to invest much thought and thinking into what you are going to say or what you are going to present on. So everybody listening to me, it is okay to be nervous before. It is absolutely okay. And I'm saying that you actually need it. If you do not have it, there's a problem. However, the butterflies that are flying in your stomach what you need to do with them is to master them so they can fly in unison. So they can produce some <laughs> melodious song. Wow. Don't let them fly in a discord fashion. Wow. Control them so they can be flying beautifully wow. to the extent that when people are listening to you, they want to be as confident as you are. Meanwhile, there is something flying within you. <laughs> that is the secret. There is nothing magical about it. And it comes with practice and it comes with experience. So I tell my client that the little opportunities that are presented for you to do one form of public speaking or the other, please take them and do it afraid anyway. Do it afraid. You may do it once afraid, twice afraid, thrice afraid. By the fourth time, you will not be doing it afraid. You'll be doing it with experience and with meaning. Wow. wow. Is it to read the Bible in, the, in church? Is it to yes. present to your boss during your Monday or your office meetings? Be, take them. That is the only way. When you come to me for coaching or training, I'll guide you through the principles here and there. But my major responsibility will find out opportunities for you to deliver because it is learned by experience. It is experiential learning. The more you do it, the better you become. 10 years ago or 11 years back, I knew it's not the evidence I know today. (laughs) But from then, I have taken up challenges. I have failed a number of times. But I've succeeded in many, many, many occasions. So it is about the doing the key word here to overcome nervousness in any form is in the doing. The more you do, the better you become. You must wow. fish out or look out for opportunities. It can it be speaking for 30 minutes. I mean, I will talk about Toastmasters here again. The longest speech in the standard Toastmasters speech you deliver is five to seven minutes. But right. the more you do, the more you do, the more you do, five to seven minutes, then you'll be equipped to deliver, as I'm doing here, one hour, 40 minutes, one and a half hours. In any case, it is a breakdown of those seven minutes multiplied by a certain factor. That gives you the one hour and the one and a half hours. That's how we see it. Every question for me is a table topic session. That's how we see it. So, yes, standing before the mirror, all of those, but it it must end up at a proper delivery. These days, we are even fortunate. We have Zoom. We have all of those. And people will come onto a Zoom call or a Google Meet or Teams or StreamYard as we are having them, and you don't turn on their cameras. I can understand. We have various forms of fears. Some people fear seeing themselves. It's natural. I know a standard or a a top-notch journalist who doesn't in fact, from the accounts given by himself, he has never watched a replay of any of his episodes. He just can't stand it. So we have people like that. They just don't want to see themselves for one reason right. or the other. Whether they right. don't like themselves, a different story. But the point I'm making is it is doing it often that will give you the best. And the often doing it often now, we have many opportunities, the virtual call, 
Look, you can just call a friend and say, I want to deliver on anything. Can you can you come online and let me deliver? Please take yeah. up as much opportunities as possible. That is the only way you can overcome the mess. Wow. Wow. Nervousness is part of it. The moment it goes out of you, it is a real factor that complacency might be coming in or might be entering into the system. And he says, let the butterflies fly in unison. Let them fly in a beautiful way so that the audience would see that you are still in control. So, hey, for those of us who are asking those questions, I'm always nervous and stuff. From the aspect, it is necessary. You need it so that it puts you in check. It gives you that guiding uh, maps so that you don't swear, you don't go off and then that. You go straight to what's supposed to be done. I'm really enjoying this conversation with uh, Mr. Ivanze DDMP. Short age. I, I love that one. <laughs> I love that one because hey, this one has had that opportunity. And then, just as he said, doing seven minutes, doing ten minutes, doing six minutes constantly. Now you master the act. Now you can now amplify it to one hour, to 40 minutes, to two hours, all with that same uh, approach of delivering. I love his preparation part. I think for the preparation part, um, today, I think today's episode has actually been hanged around preparation because that is the preparation and the audience because that is it all. Once you are able to get this right, I think you can sail through. You can sail through. Okay, so Mr. Ivasadujenfi, we just love you to give us your final words to this beautiful topic. Now, before you even give us the final words, I, I, I picked up something from what you just said about the preparation. You see, most often people uh, ignore that, especially doing a virtual presentation, just as you said. You get people now coming onto the platform and now asking how to navigate on the platform. But as part of the preparation, we need to know, is it an in-person presentation? Is it a virtual presentation? Okay, well, if it is a virtual presentation, what platforms are we using? Are you conversant with it? Do you need to learn it before you get onto that platform? Or what do you need to do? Because, hey, aha, the funniest part of it all is you not even knowing the platform and then moving on to it. Now you're asking the operator, how do I put on my mic? How do I put it off? How do I go here? And even that one takes the authority that you have as a presenter to your audience. Now the master has no authority and the apprentice also has <laughs> has taken over. Right, so... Mr. The apprentice are struggling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the apprentice are struggling. The, the master has no clue on what to do. So the pre- uh, preparation was top notch. Was just as it's needed. So I'm not sure this conversation is going to end here. You know what, my audience? I don't think this is going to be our final conversation with Ms. Diversity. We're going to come back again <laughs> for a part two because hey. What he was giving, my oh my, <laughs> it's so refreshing. Wow. So, Mr. I, I know, I, I, let's be, I'm being honest with you. This uh, powerful nugget you shared with us, and I don't think, I mean, from today, we're going to see nervousness as the monster of uh, public speaking. It is necessary to keep us in check. We need yes. to interact with our audience, they are our queens. <laughs> as he put it, they are our queens. And then, yeah. how we prepare to give our speech. Right, so, what are your final uh, words that you have for us? My final thought, speaking? my final thought, it's very much embedded in what your summary has been on preparation. Wow. You know, wow. every public speaker you admire most likely 99% of the time, it's because of their confidence in delivery. But I tell you the truth from my little experience. Preparation begets confidence. I repeat, 
preparation, we get confidence. And don't wait till you are invited to do a UN UN assembly <laughs> and public speaking engagement before you start preparing. Your preparation starts right. now. Wow. Anytime you hear somebody start speak, now. there is something you admire about the person. You start watching closely and seeing how you can practicalize that in your own life. And I've said right. before, and I'll say it again, please look out for public speaking engagement opportunities and take advantage of them. It could be one minute, right. it could be two minutes. The catch point is do it afraid. And right. perhaps it's a good speak. time to talk about what we are doing with Speak Well Initiative. We've right, yeah, we wanted to find out what's that, what you have, what a number is it of professionals who, who are very good with their subject areas. So he's a good financial officer or finance, financial accountant. He's very good with architecture, he's very good with law. He's very good with, name them, yet he lacks or she lacks the ability to deliver that very subject he knows so well. Wow. Because most of the time when we go to school, we are trained to know the subject, but we are not trained on how well to deliver the subject. So that is where Speak Well Initiative comes in, (laughs) equipping professionals with the tools they need a little bit more beyond what public speaking entails, but helping them build confidence in themselves to start with, and using that as the as the platform or the launch pad to deliver that which they know so well already. That's what Speak Well Initiative wow. is all about. For now, okay. we are in Ghana. Uh, we are doing a bi-monthly training in Ghana. Uh, we are hoping that next year, as we roll out, we we'll have a virtual option for those outside Ghana to be able to join in. So that's what Speak Well, and as the name connotes, is to help people, especially professionals, be able to learn how to speak well. Thank you so much, wow. Ambassador Benjamin. Wow. Also, and wow. it's been a very interesting time with you and the rest of our viewers and listeners. If you so wish that I come back, I I care for my friends, <laughs> my audience, so I will definitely squeeze some time and come again. I, I don't know wow. how we are going to do it, but I have a little a little book here. The title right. is "One right. Little Yes Can Change Your Life." One little wow. yes can change your life. Written by One Little yes. Mark Batterson. Um, it's right. a gift to one of my audience so ambassador i'll leave that in your okay? care i don't know how right. i want to give the name even even if they are not in ghana i will arrange to deliver it's a blessed book right. and i would want to give out right so my beautiful audience that's for you uh i've been ruled out because he never said i'm part he said the audience so audience this is your take home <laughs> mr ambassador has a gift for you and hey uh, we're going to make sure it gets to whoever uh, is picked by Mr. Evans and to give this gift. So we're going to circulate it on the group page of the African Citizens Network group on Facebook so that uh, whatever question or whatever um, interaction he wants to have with the audience, we can have it there and then uh, he'll pick the one that will have this beautiful book. Right, so a very big thank you to Mr. Evans EDUGMP. It has been an awesome time you, having sir. you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Audience. Right. We don't take it for granted for you having your time to be with us and to give us this uh, in-depth uh, knowledge and definition and experience and approach to speaking well publicly. And then uh, uh, also diving deeper. You are actually giving us a drone view of public speaking. Now is the time for us to uh, <laughs> narrow like it that. down. <laughs> narrow <laughs> it down. <laughs> narrow it down to the actual uh, aspect of public speaking. So as I said, we'll definitely call on you again to get us to the other appendages of 
public speaking. So thank you so much yeah, for joining yeah, us. Yeah. And hey, viewers, as we always do it, as I always say, remember that dreams are always in levels. Make sure you get to the top level of your dream and say yes to whichever opportunity that is given to you to speak in a public domain. You might not know that is the opportunity. That is your chance to move to the next level. Thank you for joining us. It has been your host always, Amazada Benjamin Ozuanza, and it was a privilege hosting Mr. Ivan Zenujenfi and also having you on the show. See you again next week where we come to you with another powerful speaker to deal or speak on the different and the powerful topic. As we say, have a nice day and God richly bless you.